Hello there. You're listening to The Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. We will also be discussing the first season of HBO's adaptation of The Last of Us video game. And helping us do that is none other than Sean Tormey. Welcome back. I am back. Let's go. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) Finally. Yeah. I'm excited. This is a good one. Yes. Okay, we're going to start off with the box office breakdown for March 17th to the 19th. In first place, Shazam! Fury of the Gods with $30 million, but it is a disappointing $30 million. Indeed. After that was Scream 6 with $17.3 million. Creed 3, $15.3 million, bringing its domestic total to $127 million, which is the highest of the Rocky franchise. Hell yeah. After that was the Adam Driver sci-fi movie 65 with $5.8 million. Ant-Man, $4.2 million. Cocaine Bear, $3.9 million. Jesus Revolution, still hanging in there, $3.4 million. Champions, $3.1 million. Avatar The Way of Water with $2 million. It now has crossed $2.3 billion. You love to see it. <laughs> the fuck? Puss and Boost, The Last Wish, <laughs> $1.5 million. That brings its domestic total to $182 million, and its worldwide total to $470 million. That's pretty good for Puss and Boots. It sure is. And after like three months, it'll be off the top 10. We'll see if Avatar also gets kicked off. But farewell to those winter giants that were able to have such long legs. But moving on to the box office predictions for March 24th to 26th. John Wick, Chapter 4. Looking to continue the trend of franchise records in the month of March. The first film got 14 million. The second got 30 million. The third, 56 million in its opening weekend. What will the fourth one get? Dylan, you're going to help bump up its numbers. Yeah. What do you think it'll get to? Uh, I'm going to go balls out all the way. 75 million. All right. I agree that it'll get in that area. I'd yeah, say yeah. slightly below that. 73 yeah. million. But John Wick Fever, it's here. Sean, what do you think? I, just, I think it'll definitely be the highest. I don't know if it could be that much higher, though. I'm thinking like a... 75 i'm 75 sorry 70 max maybe 65 gotcha. Just judging it'll, yeah. yeah it'll cross the 70 threshold i do think but it certainly will get yeah be the highest of the franchise definitely get, will get 60 million uh okay now let's move on to discussing hbo's the last of us season one and of course this is sort of a reunion of <laughs> the last of us part two episode we did when was it over a year ago, was it two years ago? Year ago. It was quite some time now, the but Dylan, yeah. I'll look Dylan, up when we did it. It was yeah, the Dylan Sean heated debate, and then Dylan converted me. <laughs> yes, I <laughs> did. It was because I do like the game. I actually have played it again recently, both of them. So that's fantastic. Alexa yeah, is currently playing it. Well, not right now, but at the, at the moment. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> That's pretty cool. She had, she was just here, just playing it like thirty minutes ago. So if we if we had recorded, <laughs> if I had, if the traffic had been a little bit quicker, she would have been playing it while we were recording it. Oh, fine. Well, she's enjoying it so far. She really liked the first one. Oh, the first so that's exciting. Good. Beautiful. 
But yes, yeah, so after our behemoth discussion on The Last of Us Part Two and revisiting that, mm-hmm. um, I think that would have been 2021, right? The Last of Us Part Two, one year later, June 26, 2021 is when it came out. Wow, there you go. Dang, that's almost two years ago. Almost two years ago. Jesus Christ. quite some time. And in that time, HBO was developing an adaptation of the first game with Neil Druckmann, of course, the creative director of those games, partnering with Craig Mazin, famous for superhero movie, uh, Scary Movie 3 and 4, and then a little-known property, Chernobyl. So... <laughs> he was HBO royalty with that, creating an incredible television series. And mm-hmm. he was a big fan of the games and wanted to work with Druckmann in adapting it to a series. And so now we will discuss how this game was able to come across in a different medium in the realm of television. So we'll start off with, with well, first of all, just to remind everyone, because it has been quite some time since that. Uh, Last of Us Part 2, one year later episode. What is everyone's familiarity with the game? You two have both played it, but how many times now have you played it? Well, we should start off with, this is going to be a spoiler warning video. This will be, we'll be spoiling, yes, the series, the first game. We will not be spoiling the second game until the very end, and we'll let you know when that happens. But yes, okay. this will be entirely spoiler free for the second game, but season one, game one, spoilers all around. Oh, yeah. So I started, let's see, I played the first game probably in 2018, 2017, 2018, maybe back in high school. I know for sure. And uh, I can see on my PlayStation account how many hours I've spent on the games. And because they're such story driven games, I know how long it would take me to beat the game. So the first game I've spent 60 hours or close to 60 hours on which means I played it five times. It's a 12-hour game. Quick math. And then the second game, I've spent 84 hours playing because it's a, and it's a 22, 24-hour game. So I played it about three times. Wow. So I know that for a fact. That's amazing. Does Alexa's playthrough count as one of those? Uh, I looked at it before school? she played. Okay. Before she started. Smart. And what about you, Sean? Well, funny enough, because I was looking it up when The Last of Us originally came out on the PS3, because I played it back on the PS3 like a couple days it came out, and it came out on my 13th birthday. It came out. (laughs) I did not realize that. I got to play it two days after, and I didn't even remember that, because I played it, obviously not day one, because it wasn't my birthday, but yeah, I played it like right when it came out, just because that was during a time where I was really into like playing that style game i was very story driven games since then i played the ps4 remaster the ps5 remaster Mm. i played it so i played it twice on my ps3 definitely at least two times on my ps4 because i also played the multiplayer i'm not gonna lie i really love the multiplayer i feel like it was good it's it's just so different the multiplayer was so different from other Mm. multiplayer games it's so stealth driven. It, it was it was just fun. So I think I, it is a really cool multiplayer experience. Yeah, and they're I bringing think. it back, but that's that's a different topic. So once on my PS5, I'm gonna say five times. I've done the first story, and oh, yeah. three of them three of them have just been because it's been remade. Simply so. Incredible. So that's both you are at what five or six times. 
five for each. that first game. Definitely at least five, yeah. Well, I have played it zero times. <laughs> Not the same as before. <laughs> Again, I when it was first coming out, and it was like the biggest game around, so I was watching playthroughs of it because I was back when like walkthroughs and gameplays were basically what YouTube was. So yeah. I remember watching a couple different playthroughs of that. So that was where my experience with the game was, was watching it unfold again, somewhat similar to it being a television series, but I'm just watching someone else take over the interactive elements um, and shaping the story in that way. But then obviously all the cutscenes, all the very cemented elements of the story, I'm just watching that unfold. So a different experience for, or a different relationship rather with Last of Us than what you two had. But now we're all on the same page of we're sitting on the couch or on the bed watching these characters. We're not able to interact with them or control them. And so we'll see how that affected our relationship to the characters, whether the moments and major beats in the story still hit and connected with us. And it's going to be interesting to hear from you guys since you've, you're so familiar with them in the game, playing them five times. That's amazing. So it'll be, I'll be curious to see how that all landed for you guys. Well, I have a quick question for you guys then, since I haven't been here in a long time, but I have kept up with you guys. I want to ask both of you first, what was your first initial thought? Like when you heard about the cast, when you saw that maybe the trailer, like what was your initial thought going into the show? It was definitely just hype, like growing, continuously growing the hype. Because, I mean, you hear about a video game adaptation, you're not necessarily excited. There hasn't been a great track record. <laughs> but with a game that's so story-driven like this, and with Neil Druckmann writing the show, I was very much looking forward to seeing how they would do it. And then they announced the cast, and of course, I love Pedro Pascal, and I really liked Bella Ramsey and Game of Thrones, so I was excited about that. And then they would release photos, and that would make me more excited. And then the trailer came out, and make me more excited. And so it was just a continuous, like, increase of hype. Hype, hype, hype. Yeah, it had, like, three advantages that many other adaptations don't have. And one would be the game itself was already so story-driven and so cinematic. Mm -hmm. Like, it's kind of already the most well-suited you could get to being a television series. Mm -hmm. So that was one advantage. The other advantage was it was being an HBO series. So you oh, know yeah. they were going to... <laughs> put the best people on there, the best talent, have the best creative minds working for it, and they would have a solid budget to work with. And you had, like Dylan said, I mean, Neil Druckmann is very heavily involved. We know that when properties don't have the creator involved, that can make things go awry. But also it had Craig Mason as showrunner and writer as well. And of course, what he did with Chernobyl was extremely impressive. So honestly, it would be more shocking if this blundered than if it did the adaptation effectively. Yeah. And we, I guess we'll see what everyone thinks, but I doubt everyone's, or I doubt any of us here are going to say that it blundered, but let's get into it and find out. Episode one, we start off with a cold open that explains the cordyceps and it's just like, yeah, a seventies round table of these, uh, experts discussing what could be the biggest possible threat to humanity and it's a fungus that can use mind control basically and i thought this was a great cold open 
Let me very tell you riveting, something. very compelling. Let me tell you something. Please Biggest please. disappointment about the show is that they didn't continue the cold open trend past episode two. I would agree. I liked, so well. I liked having cold opens before the credits that took place before the pan, the, the virus spread that had to do with what the episode was about. I enjoyed it and I thought they were going to do it in every episode. And then after episode two, they stopped doing it. And that was just like, they would just go straight into the credits and no quote open whatsoever. Yeah. Which is disappointing because the quote open episode one is it fantastic. Is really like good. it sets it, the tone. Right. It, it covers a lot of exposition very quickly and it's just it's great. And then you but can that, just get straight into the action without having to worry about exposition. That That's the thing too on like, would I have liked the cold open? Yes. I personally didn't need them to enjoy it, but that's a personal opinion. I did like both. They were great. I do feel like the two problems with it is that like, first off the runtime for the shows would have been so much longer. Like just think about Worth episode it. three. If it, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I would have loved it too, but like, I feel like in their mind for like a TV show, like it would have been way too much of a, like a, a runtime. Yeah. And if there was the something same, to cut, I suppose it'd be the thing to cut. Yeah. And then like the same thing when you said with the exposition, I feel like there's only at least with the show that's like new, but based on something where they have Neil Druckmann assist like in writing it and stuff like that. I feel mm-hmm. like there's only so much exposition they can keep adding before it gets dry. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I, I love both. I would. And I also would have loved more, but I don't think I could have taken one every episode, Like the last episode didn't need it. If it had like a last episode had like a random exposition thing, it wouldn't have needed it. Right. Just that's just an example. That's a personal opinion, though. Gotcha. I yeah, I do think I agree with Dylan in terms of the way they. It seemed like they were establishing a pattern, but then they sort of abandoned it. Some yeah. episodes wouldn't have a cold open. All others would like have something before the intro, but it's something relevant to like what's the going story. on in the episode itself. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. It was kind of odd how they decided to do that, but it was a very like in the beginning at least, like with it's this cold really open good. for the that's first two cool. episodes. I didn't they, know what I was watching it first. That was great. I know, yeah. Mm-hmm. They utilized the television medium very well and were able to explore these just one-off characters that we don't need to revisit. But yet, it did very, did a very good job of setting up the world, giving us a lot of that important exposition. But it was done in such a compelling way. And mm-hmm. it's kind of frightening. Like, it is true. I mean, everything they said in that 70s thing, like, it could apply today. So... That makes the whole story world itself even scarier because it's not just some random zombie strain that comes out of nowhere. It's based in some sort of real fungus. So I think it did an excellent job on that front. Yeah. In episode one as well, they get to expand Sarah's story. We spend much more time with her going through her day. And they also, I mean, anybody who's watching it, even just seeing like the posters for the show would know it's not going to end well for Sarah. But I do think it's smart that they centered the episode around her in the beginning so it seems like okay we're following her she's like our entry point into the story not necessarily joel um and so if someone is going into it very blind i could pack a big punch but what did you all think of the stuff with sarah and of course how they translated the escape from austin once everything started going downhill i would say oof I think uh, it was a good choice. I mean, you can only do so much with that beginning little uh, cut scene that they have setting up the game. 
and they had to stretch it in order to fill in that time. And they did a good job filling it with uh, characters that mattered and setting up the characters that were important, like Joel and like Sarah. I think she was fleshed out more, which made it more painful when she died. And uh, I think seeing more of her relationship with Joel made that emotional landing stick more with Ellie. So I enjoyed seeing a lot more of Sarah. I thought it was really well done. I liked being with her on that journey through the town as we learn more about the virus spreading. Like seeing how that develops throughout the day is pretty interesting. And then in terms of like the whole escape from Austin, I mean, shot for shot, just fantastic. I know. Very, that was very, very well done. The scene with the house on fire. Oh, I was yeah. Like, I knew. Oh, my God, it's there. <laughs> yep. Perfect. Yeah. The the thing, the, yeah. the single shot of the camera spinning around, sort of like uh, uh, Children of in Men. In the game, yeah. Fantastic. So it was really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A great I, set piece they had there. Yeah. I do. I I don't know if it's a hot take or like a personal like opinion, but I think episode one is one of the like best episodes of the whole series because they took something from the game that was barely built upon but was a good start to the game. And they made a whole, like, what was it? Hour and a half episode of it, kind of. Yeah, that it's entire... a good way to start the, sh- the show. Yeah, very I good loved way. seeing Sarah and, like, who she is as a person and, like, the mm-hmm. relationship with Joel held the neighbors that they got to know and then what happened with the neighbors. Like, they added so many things that they didn't technically have to add, but it just makes, the sh- like, the opening of the show so much better. And it gives people who don't know anything about the game, like a good starting point. It was fantastic. It's also like a small thing. I like uh, moving on from like the escape from Austin. You guys don't have much more to say about it. But when they Mm -hmm. transition into 20 years later, the first thing that we interact with is just a kid. That's a random kid showing up at the, the quarantine zone and getting tested for cordyceps. And then the next thing you see, he's getting, he's, he's dead and he's getting thrown into a pile of, of like burning bodies by Joel. And that's how you get reintroduced to Joel. Just this very different, very rugged world, very cutthroat world that he's now a part of. They really, they really thought this was so much to unpack in the first episode because it, mm-hmm. it takes a giant jump and a completely different turning point, especially mm-hmm. for people who don't know anything about the game. Because you just met this like this father and daughter, and like they just went through literally hell. And you, you see Pedro Pascal, by the way, beautiful actor. When that, when that scene happened with his daughter, yeah. Oh my dude! Yeah, he killed that. Him and Troy Baker, man, they're so that was good. Rough. And also, Sarah's actress as well. Like that oh, hyperventilating yeah. as she was dying. Like yeah, that whole whole thing was really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it was smart as well. Like we were uh, drawing attention to Dylan of the next time we see Joel, he's just dumping this dead kid's body into a fire pit, mm-hmm. and he's holding it. I mean, obviously in the same way you would mm-hmm. hold anyone, but he was holding Sarah in that same way. And then mm-hmm. 20 years later, he's just so emotionally closed off that this doesn't even affect him anymore to throw some kid into yeah. a fire pit. So I thought that was well done. And then, of course, we see, you know, him going through uh, and trying to find Tommy, like getting a car battery so he can go off and try and find Tommy again, which apparently that wasn't what happened in the game, right? Like Joel wasn't no. setting out to find Tommy. They in the game, he's just trying to get guns. To trade guns, I think, and I uh, can't get the guns because they're getting he's, sold to the fireflies. Yeah, he's straight up just working with Tess at like yeah. at the beginning. Like they're just they literally like the first thing you do is you walk around like the town with Tess 
and then you need to you it's kind of similar where they have to like confront these people to get guns but it's not as in-depth at this like in the game he's not even communicating with tommy yeah and it's it's not like a larger part it isn't like connected to the story it's just like another thing that he's going to get guns so perhaps it works better in the sense that now you're you're bringing in tommy you're showing that there's a disconnect but that there's still in a little bit of a communication which makes it a little bit more of a, a rich chemistry between them when they mm-hmm. re-meet in a few episodes. Yeah, I think so for sure. Like that it also gives him, him some more motivation. of a reason. Yeah, it gives him more motivation to leave the quarantine zone permanently. Absolutely. Which is a good yeah. it's a it's a good little thing they added. I will give him that. Yeah. There's a there's a big there's a big thing for me, like as we get episode and episode about when it comes to what Neil Druckmann and uh the writers added. Cause I think they added a lot of great things, but as we'll discuss, there's gonna be a lot of things where I've had some problems with personally. But episode one, at least, I thought the writing was like immaculate, especially with the stuff they added, like with Tommy, like Tommy Joel's relationship. How the twenty years later, like it's still it's still like connected, but it's completely like not the same. Mm-hmm. Ever yeah, since everything that happened. Interesting. For me, I really enjoyed episode two even more in episode one again we talked about like the cold open there seeing what was going down in jakarta when you know the main place that the spread was beginning right, and then she says bomb them bomb that them all. point there yeah he's like <laughs> so what do you recommend we do and she's just like bomb them you gotta bomb them and then she's like i need to go with my family because she has already like resigned herself to the fact that it's over like the city everyone in it they're done and that's how it is. So that's just, again, another like very scary, frightening look at how this will go down uh, the very start of the dystopia. Um, and then for the rest of the episode, as we see like, Joel and Ellie and Tess, as they're wandering through Boston and trying to get to where they need to go to pass her off to the Fireflies. I think they did a very solid job of the world building, but also the character dynamics here. Um, and then also, I just got to give a shout out to Tessa's actress, Anna mm-hmm. Torb, she was phenomenal. Oh, like, yeah. There are yeah. so many great actresses, and for sure, like Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey, we're going to give them a lot of praise later on, I'm sure. But Anna Torb, just the way she embodied this character, like I don't remember being that attached to Tess watching those playthroughs. Whereas here, the way that she just comes across, it's like both, mm-hmm. she's like a hardened survivor. And again, she's like with Joel of being like, like we're not good people. Like, we're killers, we're murderers, we're doing whatever we can to survive. But yeah, just the way that she interacted with Ellie um, and had compassion for her. But then also later on when we see the hope she has and the optimism she has, where she does believe in Ellie and the fact that she can be a cure or some sort of savior for humanity. Um, like I just, I don't know, just the complexity yeah. we got for this character in just such a short amount of time. I think a lot of that came through with the performance there. Um, and it's unfortunate that she had to get taken down because I would have enjoyed seeing more of Tess. So they did a great mm-hmm. job with that. It's also um, a lot more impressive since I pr- believe it was Neil Druckmann's decision or it was the directors, I don't remember. But they were not like they were told to not play the game before doing all this. So it was mm-hmm. pretty much like like a it, to them it was like a brand new character if you think about it. And I right, like, which I is like, I think smart so that they're not trying to like imitate what was already done they're trying to again just get to the root of the character and then yeah. embody the emotions that they'll be feeling which 
it's just crazy because I know a lot of people would disagree with that. And like initially, I'm pretty sure I would too, just because of like, like the fear of like what they would get wrong, but also like just their choice and their actors. They were fine. They were great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that they just had so much more time to be able to play with that character. I mean, when you're playing the game, so much of that section is dedicated to learning how to play the game and learning how to do stealth and how to Mm -hmm. fight zombies that you don't have a lot of time to actually interact with Tess as a character. And in this, you don't have to do any of that where you're teaching the char- the audience how to be in this yeah. world because Pedro Pascal can just be in the world and he can just spend more time interacting with the characters. So you definitely have more time with, with Anna Torv as Tess. And also, she's just a phenomenal actress. Shout out Mindhunter. I mean, shouldn't hmm. have been canceled. Rest in peace. <laughs> they come back. You never know. Uh, Another thing I want to bring up. So instead of spores, which is a major element in the game (laughs) where they would have to like put on gas masks and all this to avoid the spores that the cordyceps are sending off um, that make it airborne. And so you can get infected that way just by breathing it in. Mm -hmm. Instead of that, in the show, they utilize tendrils and the cordyceps sort of become a hive mind where all these different infected or connected and if you step on like one of the tendrils in one place all the people all the infected that are connected to it even miles away will be able to know where you are and then come after you now you're so, shaking your head sean i'm taking yeah, i'm taking it that you're not a fan that that's a big writing thing i didn't like personally because okay. i just the main reason was because at first in episode two i was like all right this is this is pretty unique Let's see what happens the rest of the show. But they did. I feel like it wasn't utilized at all. Like not at all. That's like a that's like a that's a Sean thing of saying because it's just that that's how much I didn't enjoy it because well the spore thing was so relevant to the story and like the gameplay and like the whole of the Last of Us even in part two which was another thing that we could discuss later. But like that was another like there was a big part and to go about a change of it. I like that they're trying to change things and make it more unique, but I feel like it was underutilized and did it matter to the story if it was changed? No, but that's a thing with me. Like to change something in this story, I feel like it had to be like utilized really well or had to have an importance. Like if, especially if they're going to make an announcement before people even see the show about it. Like if they didn't say anything and they, they like kind of like didn't make it as big of a deal maybe I wouldn't have been more upset about it. But in episode two, I thought it worked really well. I still prefer the spores and like, cause it also gives a, a big trait to Ellie. Like she doesn't have to wear a mask. You know what I mean? But like what happens if like the tendrils get in her mouth? Like what, like what does this all mean? Like there's so much more to build upon that. I feel like they didn't do that at all with the show at least. That's just a personal opinion. Yeah. Uh, I think it would have been hard to show the spores in a television format. And I, don't know how much logic there is in like terms of spores being a part of cordyceps in real life and, and how they like infect animals and insects and things like that. I'm pretty sure tendrils is more scientifically accurate. And I also just think it would be hard to show spores in a show format in a certain way. I just, writing that into the story would be a little and like writing away a lot of uh like in the in the game it's okay because you have it's basically like an announcement hey look there's spores that means there's gonna be zombies in the next part yeah 
Whereas in the show, there could be a lot of plot holes with, uh, oh, how the spores not traveled in the wind, how spores <laughs> not you know, infected everything at that point, such and such. Whereas the tendrils, it just makes more sense because you're getting bit by the zombie and the tendrils then infect you from inside them, which makes a lot of sense. And also, they didn't use it that much, but I do like the idea of them stepping on a vine and then miles away, all of like these these well, piles of zombies react. That That's different. I think that part's cool. I that don't, I like. The mouth thing, I don't. I don't care about like the way Tess died was okay. That, that was I did special. have something to say about that. Let's talk about that. I thought yes. it was that was wacky <laughs> and weird to me. I did not know why we were doing that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, why is the mouth thing that the tendril part where like they like step on it? I I think that's a really cool thing to add. My yeah. thing is, I guess Dylan is like I agree. Kind of. Well, first mm. I never thought of it like that. Like mm. I didn't go into the show thinking like that. I didn't think very scientifically nor realistic. I was thinking. Yeah, that, I mean that's not even really what matters. It's a show. Who even cares about that? Yeah. I think more of like like trying to explain it away in the show. I mean, why don't the spores just go everywhere in the wind? True. I think you know? it's just more of like they made such a big deal of the change, and I feel like it it underperformed. Like they can make a complete change. No matter what, there's yeah. going to be potholes, personally. Yeah. And we'll talk about that later. But that I, mean, was- I agree. I think they should have done more with the tendrils, but I think showing how that relates to being bit turns you into an infected person was enough to make it worthy of a change. Yeah. I can agree. I can agree to that. Do I like it still? Because really. uh, everybody gets bit. Everybody. <laughs> everybody gets bit. Everybody gets bit. <laughs> They get some tendrils in the mouth. All right. Plus, then you see the bite marks, and then you can see the little marks between the bites where the tendrils had marked into them, which I really like. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is kind of cool. And then you can see the disease Stop spreading inside the me, Dylan. It's I can't help time. it. I mean, it's also they could have done a combination. I still I'll miss the spores just because of the I, any I, set I piece will, where yeah. they have to put on the gas mask. Of and course, whatnot. that's fantastic. I do like that a lot. That was pretty cool. I do miss the gas mask because of that. You're yeah. correct. And then the uh, whole idea of Ellie not needing the gas mask. Yeah. I think like in like her running around in those spores, shocking people because she's not wearing a gas mask. I think that has yeah, uh, a lot of strong points to it that they're going to have to write out, especially in the second season. But that, we'll that, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's yeah, why I, said I was thinking of that there. same moment. It was a really strong mm-hmm. moment, but now they can't do it. Yeah. Uh, episode three, we see Bill and Frank's love story. So this is another change from the game where they expanded it massively. <laughs> We have Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett from White Lotus. Also, some great actors coming in here doing some great performances. So I think for me, I think this works. Like this is another example of, okay, we can spend more time fleshing out these side characters that it wouldn't make sense to do in the game, especially when we're in the perspective of someone like Joel. But here, we're able to spend some time on it, see just how mm-hmm. other survivors have lived their lives in the apocalypse and then what they do towards the end which i think is really smart is they tie it in both thematically and then to joel's character like explicitly we have bill saying to joel like you are a protector that is your purpose go and protect um Mm -hmm. and so yeah that helps us understand the relationship he'll have with ellie moving forward so i think that was a really strong episode overall yeah most people are saying it's like the best episode of the series, all this. I don't know if I'd go that far, but I think it was a great just 
like diversion that we could look into these characters and see a different story play out, but then still tie it back thematically to what yeah. Joel and Ellie are going to be doing for the rest of the series. Yeah. I mean, I just love watching two people just act and then play characters that like change and develop each other, even if it's just the two of them. And then just doing like little scenes of them just going yeah. about their day and doing different things, especially mm-hmm. in such a drastically different environment where they're trying to adapt to it. So I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I thought it was a great way to show like how people have overcome the odds of the apocalypse in different ways over a course of like 20 years, seeing how they've adapted, seeing how important the little things are like the strawberries and then seeing how important love is in this world and how that relates to Joel's journey. I thought it was just beautiful and fantastic. Now, Sean, I understand you have a hot take. (laughs) Let me, when I say this, I need... I just so what's wrong it. with the gay, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I was going to say. You got to let me get everything out. I'm going to say everything and it's going to it's going to start off sounding like weird, but let me just let me just say it. I think the episode, it. especially after what Ryan said, it makes more sense now to me. I can like mm-hmm. say it out loud. I think it's a bit overrated, but here's okay. what I mean. I love the episode. I think it was fantastic. Like I loved seeing the relationships between both those characters so much. And Bill is one of my favorite characters, especially with uh, Nick Offerman playing him. I thought it was fantastic. And I love, I agree with every point you said, um, Dylan. I liked, it's like a pause and it's like a, a whole episode dedicated to side characters, but they still include like their relationship with like the main characters and stuff like that. I thought it was great. My big thing was the, it was the ending. I wish Ellie still like interacted with Bill. Like I've missed that so much from the game and it's fine to do things different. I just personally, the whole relationship with Bill and Joel, I feel like was still barely looked at, which is fine. It's a show. You're going to do things different. Like I said, but it's going to just have a different set of opinions. I love everything just besides that ending. Like right, right when it cuts to, um, the when the when the raiders were invading and bill was like on like the table and stuff Mm -hmm. like that i kind of wish it almost like cut to black and like it took a moment instead of just being like oh yep they're still growing old they're getting worse and then it just goes to joel and ellie like walking up to their place like that like and he reads the note which is nice it's sweet i just really wished we had that moment like maybe bill was still alive or something and like he's not moving or like he's just like sitting there still sitting with um, why did I forget his name? Frank. Frank. Thank you, Frank. <laughs> um, I just, I, I love, that was one of my favorite scenes in the game. And maybe I'm just still stuck on that game, but I just mm. really wanted a, like a Bill, Joel and Ellie moment. So bad. I would say as a person who's played the game, I, to me, those scenes didn't stand out. You know, to me, I, I just, I don't know if there was enough in the dynamic between Bill and Ellie for me to really want scenes with them together. So I was okay with the sacrifice they made to tell the story they told, especially because that ending, gorgeous, gorgeous. About <laughs> how they just, they just die together. It's amazing. It's sweet. I love but that, it. But that's why I want it more. Cause now you have a show where they can like build on it more and give them more relationship and give them more like plot exposition. Cause I feel like you didn't get that much. I think mm-hmm. one of the, for me at least when I, when I play the game, one of my, like one of the saddest scenes was when Joel is just talking with Bill and his husband's just hanging there, but we yeah. don't get that. And I get it. I like that. It's more sweet. 
but I feel like that they now have material to build upon so much more. And yeah, like, but dude, they, if 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 I went through all that looking at their relationship, at Bill and Frank's relationship for like an hour and a half, and then they end with them like separating and getting angry at each other, and then Bill just fr- finds Frank hanging there, I'd probably kill myself just <laughs> being so sad. <laughs> That's the saddest. That'd be the saddest thing. thing. I didn't say do the hanging. I just said like if like (laughs) like he could still be there dead, obviously. But like if Bill was still alive, like just like like a conversation or something. I just they just had. I feel like they had more material and time to build upon it, Mm -hmm. and they instead decided to make an episode just about the two of them, which is fine. I just don't think it's like Ryan said, what people think. I don't think it's the best episode because of that. And I don't think it's the best mm-hmm. episode. I just felt underwhelmed at that ending personally. But I do, again, think it's sweet. I still like it for the shows, like for like the show standpoint, but I was underwhelmed because I'm just a big fan of the game, I think. And I liked the potential of having a bigger like interaction relationship with those three characters. Right. So it's fascinating that, yeah, part of your gauge of whether this episode worked for you or not was whether like how faithful it was to important scenes in the game that you really enjoyed and you wanted to see be brought to life or fleshed out even more in the television medium so that's an interesting dynamic and relationship that game players have with the show whereas if any one of us were people that just watched the show randomly and never had the game it would definitely come off differently. That's what so people probably think it's the best episode, though, which is fine. Yeah. I don't I don't have really many problems with the episode. I had more problems with the second episode with the tendrils until Dylan converted <laughs> me. Like, I had more problems with that version. Gotcha. But moving on to episode four, a scene that I definitely wanted to see be brought to <sighs> life was the car and the whole magazine gag and even it getting thrown out the window, <laughs> which they replicated. So that was great to see. Um, and then we get also that conversation of Joel calling LA, oh, your cargo. Um, so that was also a really solid way to, again, just remind the audience of where Joel is at this point and what their relationship with Ellie is at, is like. And episode four was the first time we really got to see these two characters actually fleshing out their dynamic and, you know, the walls coming down a bit. So I enjoyed it for that. However... This was the first episode where I was going, uh oh, we're having some missteps here. Uh, And Sean, I uh, will agree with you about Kathleen being mm -hmm. a misstep, at least in this episode. I think she gets better in episode five. Yeah. But what they tried to do here was set up a lot of like mystery of, oh, there's this woman who very clearly is not anyone's first image of what a leader would be, but she's out here (laughs) being very ruthless, taking over. Something happened with bedroom that was here she's now in control of the quarantine zone and she's really mad at this henry person who we don't know who that is or what he did all this stuff so they're like raising these questions which i understand like yes yeah, important to do especially for a television series you want to have people come back and mm-hmm. unpack these mysteries and figure things out but i just wasn't that compelled by them like the questions yeah. being raised and i thought it was also interrupting what i wanted more of which was joel and ellie actually building their relationship so this yeah. was a moment where I felt pulling yeah. us away from the main characters to flesh out side characters was detrimental. Yeah. Well, I when agree. it came to, when it came, oh, sorry, Dom. No, 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 I just want to say I agree. <laughs> uh, I, I felt like, I agree with you completely, Ryan. I felt like the Kathleen thing in this episode was more setting up for that 
episode five with what happens not the joel and ellie part mainly just like who kathleen is and what's going on because we got to remember like she was written for the show like she's not in the game mm-hmm. which is a which is a very big thing like they introduce a whole new character to create like this subplot for where joel and ellie are and who they're going to interact with which are two of my favorite characters i can't wait to talk about them but um yeah i mean when i said i hate kathleen i meant more like ah, i hate her like not like oh I, this is a bad thing they did to the show i'm like she's like i'm like i hate her as a villain because she's a villain uh, but i do so I also she's a good villain I, then and that you no, hate she, her she's not a good villain episode four i was very underwhelmed I'm not gonna lie. i just didn't i didn't understand what was going on because i didn't know anything about this episode until i watched it and i was like mm-hmm. who's this what's going on and then yeah. i'm like I don't get what's going on now. And then the then the yeah. end of the episode happened. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. It was a very strong departure from the game. And I think, Ryan, you're right in saying that they didn't emphasize enough of a connection to Joel's story to merit its inclusion, in my opinion. I think it's more it was more intended to flesh out uh, that world so that they can set up what's going to happen that's amazing in episode five. And it was also more about like just trying to build out the world itself in terms of defining the quarantine zones, defining how torturous Fedra could be, uh, defining how people can revolt against things like that. But I don't think that's enough to merit so much time. So I would agree with you, Ryan. They spent too much time trying to do that and not enough time focusing on Joel and Ellie or focusing on side plots that relate to Joel and Ellie's personal journeys. Which was a risk they took. You know, like they had to add more material for the show personally, which mm-hmm. I just think episode four, like I liked episode four. I liked every episode. I'm sorry, fanboy. Uh, I liked every episode, <laughs> but I felt like it was one of the weaker ones, at least until episode five. Episode five was, I thought was really good. Yeah. With Kathleen at least. Yeah, for sure. And then we round out episode four with Joel finally laughing from one of the puns. So that is great. That was a nice moment. Um, and then they also set a trap with glass to hear if anyone comes through. Um, but then that fails because the people got around it. But then also Joel was sleeping on the side where he can't hear well. So he wouldn't have been able to hear them sneak up anyhow. Um, and that brings us to episode five. Because, of course, who were the people that snuck up on them? Henry, Henry and Sam. And what I did think was really well done in terms of fleshing out this like Kansas city quarantine zone that mm-hmm. fought against Fedra and took over is what they do with Henry and Sam and giving Henry more of a connection to that. Mm-hmm. And he did this horrible thing, but it was for Sam. He turned over the like rebel leader to Fedra. Yeah. And now, and that was Kathleen's brother. And so now she's trying to kill him. And so again, thematically, I think what they do with this is great. And it is absolutely well-deserved. Yeah. Because we get not only Henry and Sam, so that's a parallel to Joel and Ellie, and then Henry doing something that is bad, but it's out of love in order to help Sam. Obviously, you know, foreshadowing what Joel does later on. And then Mm -hmm. Kathleen's response, her anger, her thirst for vengeance as someone that she loves being killed for someone else to protect someone that they love, obviously is going to become a much larger idea and theme later on in the series. Mm -hmm. So I think that is another really smart thing that they did here, which is they know what the first game is about. They know what the whole Last of Us series um, and the games are about so they Uh can 
plant more seeds throughout. <laughs> and I think that's brilliant. So I think, yeah, that, that part really worked for me. And honestly, I think I might say that episode five is, the best is my is. favorite episode. Yeah. It's up Because it, it slams dunk on this part. everything. And yeah, it's able to adapt other parts really well and then even do them better than the game. I think the whole like yeah. neighborhood shootout plus when the infected pour out, I think all of that was. I was more uh, sad. Um, well done. I was more sad the ending to this episode than three, even though I knew what was about to happen. It's just the way they did it. I was like, this is so upsetting. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I would say even though this isn't like they changed little things from the game, I would say that it's done in a better way than episode four because they're changing them in service of trying to create a better linear story for the episode. Like they don't go over a bridge and fall in water and then Joel gets saved. They don't uh, end up really far away and then they flesh out the Atlantic City team a little more, which makes more sense. They flesh out Kathleen's character a little more, which helps with Henry and Sam's storyline. And I just feel like that end is just so powerful and violent as compared to the game. Oh man. I love, I do love the idea that Sam tells Ellie about the, the bite on his arm that she tries to save him. And then I was just, about to say that. <laughs> I just, I love it. I love that change to it. I think it adds so much to her character. I think it fleshes out the idea that uh, she will do anything to save people that she cares about because she knows she has a special gift and she really wants there to be value to it, which makes the ending of the series even stronger. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think another change they made, a big one was aging Sam down. And then also making him deaf. And I think like the combination of those things were really good because it it makes that character even more dependent on Henry, um, both from his age and then also the deafness. And so there's like just that added complication of survival that they have. Um, but then it also means that Sam is able to look up and sort of depend on Ellie, even though they've only known each other for a brief time, but they're able to play together in that like underground shelter, they're like reading mm -hmm. the same comics. Um, and then he's able to trust her enough to reveal that he's been bitten. And then again, you see Ellie who's taken like a liking to Sam and also wants to have that like protective role over him. Yeah. She tries to save him. And that, that was such a well done scene again for mm -hmm. both of them. Bella Ramsey. She's a really so good, good actress. Like there yeah, was, she when she was announced, I was like, okay, the girl from Game of Thrones is solid, but will she be able to like nail this? Cause it's not an easy role. Um, and it'd be a much bigger role than what she had in Game of Thrones. Mm. But oh my gosh, she's yeah. fantastic. And yeah, like is. what they did here, also the little kid, Sam, he was also really good. Um, yeah. And yeah, just her like trying to cut open her hand and put it on the wounds. And obviously it's like never going to work, but yeah. she's trying to do whatever she can just to grasp onto that idea of like, oh, there might be a chance I'm special. I might be able to make something mm. special happen here. And ugh. When she wakes up and he's turned around and she goes to like touch him, wake him up, see if he's okay. And then she starts attacking her. Ugh. It's so brutal. So sad. Correct so me if I'm wrong, because it's been a few weeks since I've seen the episode. After they bury them and she puts the little pad on the grave, doesn't it say, I'm sorry? It yeah. does. Which See, is also hit. so brutal. What a punch. It was just like hit after hit in those yeah. final few minutes. Like, it was crazy. Um, yeah, 
But then all that also came after like the biggest action set piece they had. I was about to say in shout, the out, series. shout out to the clickers in that episode. Exactly. And the, the we had the bloater show up. Yeah. yeah. That dude, was the most rips, satisfying scene. Of, when he rips the, the head off the dude that played Tommy in the video game. Holy shit. Yeah. That yeah. was amazing. Watching so that movie was great too. I think they did a great job there. There will be a criticism I make shortly, but in this episode, how they utilized the infected and they withheld the bloater until this moment to uh, you know, heighten that impact even more. I think I know what so I brilliant. Say. It was really well done. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, any other comments on episode five? I just uh, liked it. Okay, what, so that was my. Said? I just liked it. I just liked it. <laughs> I just liked it. Liked it. it. it, it was, was my favorite big. episode. So it was my favorite episode. Sean, did you say is it your it's favorite? My favorite? It's my favorite. It is. Wow. Okay. So it just, will... Like I said, it just had everything. Mm-hmm. Like even though it they did. had they had like new scenes and, new, and a new character, like I wasn't like upset about it. Like I was actually pleased with what happened. Not like not like what happens to Kathleen, but like what she does too. I was it was good. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it definitely had the best balance of like tweaking things, introducing new elements, remaining faithful, and then making me cry. Yeah. Bouncing action, bouncing the infected, bouncing the emotional moments. All that stuff was really well done. So yeah, I think that was the the peak for the series. But we'll be I'll be interested to see what Dylan's favorite episode is, if it's still yet to come. Mm-hmm. Is it episode six? It is not. I didn't I think, think so. I think I know Dylan's favorite, but we'll, we'll, we'll keep going. But let's also, so we had the high point with episode five for me. Episode six also felt like there were some major missteps here. The first of which is the time jump, mm-hmm. which I can't recall if they did this in the game. But uh, the no. fact mm. they did not. Oh, uh, wait. I don't remember. Did they do the skip in like, the winter jump, season? But it's not. No, not to winter, because to fall. They skipped fall and went straight to winter in the show. Uh, yeah. Winter is... Near the end. Uh, near the end with, with David. Right. So this yeah. is baffling to me. What are you doing with the time jump here? You have I don't know a, why they put it here. Television series. And they were in so Kansas. Can, so like, yeah, how far yeah, did Yeah, and then they just them? skipped to Wyoming. And it was a three-month time skip. The whole point of the show is the relationship between Joel and Ellie. What you could have done in the instead of doing the time jump is show them doing more traversing of the American West and have them bond <laughs> even more. We yeah. finally got to see Joel like bring down his barriers a bit in the past few episodes. We see this whole thing with Henry and Sam, and that's like a stark reminder to Joel that, oh, this could happen to me and Ellie, and I don't want that to happen. Like mm-hmm. he's finally understanding how much he's beginning to care about her. But we don't see them flesh it out even more. Why would we do this huge time jump to where now they have like this much closer bond? Like up to this point in the first five episodes, it was like a week. It was a week that they were together. And now it's three months later. And they spend all this time together that the audience isn't able to be a part of. Why would you do that? Especially because you know this isn't a video game. In the video game, through all the gameplay, you have Joel and Ellie doing banter and you're playing Joel and you're seeing Ellie move around and you're protecting each other and all this. So that allows you to build up this strong bond with these characters and the relationship they have with each other you need to replicate that somehow in the television series you do that by taking every opportunity to show more of joel and ellie you had a whole episode dedicated to bill and frank you have all this side character stuff with kathleen we get more 
depth to Henry and Sam. We get more for Riley later on, bringing in that like DLC component into the main show. But why didn't we get more for Joel and Ellie? They never expanded Joel and Ellie's relationship. It was only just stuff from the game, but that's minus all the gameplay that helped build their relationship more. This was insane to me. It was like the biggest fundamental flaw they made that brought this down from whatever it was possibly going to be to the final rating I'll give it, which I'll mention towards the end. But I was stunned because this hindered, I think, my connection to Joel and Ellie in this version. What were they doing? Someone tell me. What were they doing? And breathe. All right. So <laughs> My man's passionate. <laughs> so I would say that that's not – I mean, I guess you're very passionate about it, but I am not as passionate about it. I feel like, to me, there's a more egregious uh, error with this time jump, which we'll get into in, I suppose, two episodes. But I would say I think they develop the relationship between Joel and Ellie fairly well. I think they have more time to dedicate to it than the game does. And, of course, the game always has those little banter scenes while you're playing that you can't really replicate in the game because you have to tell story and get through it. But they have little scenes in here that aren't in the game that I think make up for it. And I think if they spent too long in this time jump, uh, just showing them exploring and doing little bits like that, it would take away from the story itself. I feel like there's a way to mesh the two, and I feel like they did it well. My problem is the placement of the time jump. I felt like the original placement of the time jump, where it's, it's going from summer to fall and then fall to winter instead of from summer to winter, I felt like that was much superior because it makes more sense uh, for a reason I will explain in two episodes, I suppose. Yeah. But He's doing all the but, foreshadowing. I am. Like in, terms of like, and Neil in terms of like <laughs> saying that they have a weaker uh, uh, development, I would argue it's about as strong as the video game, except for the fact that you are spending up until this point in the game, six hours with the characters just bantering, which, which goes a long way. And you, there's no way to replicate that in the game or in the, in the show. There's no way to get that perfect, but I think they do a lot of the work to get there. So I am not as offended by it as you are. I'm deeply offended. They could have added more episodes <laughs> to fill that in. That's another issue. I think But if you add more episodes, episodes, you have to detract budget from other episodes. Agreed, but also Which is fine. <laughs> they they stop they don't show a lot of zombies anyways. It's HBO. I mean, they should be able to give them what they want. I mean, we're having massive budgets on the scale episode. of movies at this point. Like they could have done an extra episode. I think they could um, yeah, for sure. I mean, if it isn't a good one, they, I think they could have just put more in, you know? But, I mean, Agreed. I'm not... I don't, I don't know anything. I mean, this became a huge hit, so... They would have been, you know, a good investment. So you want a whole new episode where... Between episodes five and six, where it's just Joel and Ellie, complete new story, nothing to do with the video game, just adventuring through the West. Absolutely. And they can... I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they, they can could, do something more, like... Yeah. It's Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann. I mean, they're solid writers. They can come up with something, but we oh, needed sure. more of Joel and Ellie's relationship. We needed something to substitute for all the gameplay that allows you to more organically and naturally buy into their relationship. We've removed that gameplay element, right? It's a television medium. So how do we fix it? Okay, let's dedicate an episode to them to just, you know, getting closer. And they have to fight some obstacle. They have to overcome it, sure. And then again, they have to save each other's lives. But give us something instead of a three-month time skip where we're just told, okay, now they're going to be closer. And their father-daughter dynamic is 
more fleshed out now, but we didn't get to see that. So I guess we'll just trust. I would that say that they do a lot of that work in the second half of the series after the time jump to make up for it. But I would say that that would work out smoother if they had kept the original time jumps of a one month time jump between uh, Sam and Henry's death and episode six, and then another one or two month time jump between the college incident and the David's section. I think it would make more sense to do that because then you could see it over an extended period of time rather than one big time jump. So, cause they do, they do a lot of work over the next few episodes. Uh, uh, apart from, you know, Joel being stabbed. They yeah, do a lot of work. The next two episodes, most of it is Joel lying down and being separated from Ellie. Um, and like, yes, he's trying to save them. But again, we don't see their dynamic building. It's just them now like, Oh, trying to save each other. And Ellie doesn't want to leave Joel which is great. It's beautiful. Like it, it works, but it would have been more impactful. I feel like had we seen three months, I mean, it's, and it's just two of you for three months, it's going to be a lot of you getting closer and building up a much stronger connection. So I don't know. That was just something that I was painfully aware of as feeling lacking. Sean thoughts. I, I just, I do agree with both of you because like, I agree that there could have been an extra episode and there could have been like, more things they could have done with it, more than they could have added. Like the time jump didn't bother me at first. It, but also like I do agree with you, Dylan, as like a game lover. Like I just at least wish they got a bit of fall, so it could have been like a month. Like it, it was a big jump, but I don't think they needed to do too much because there's a there's a lot of scenes that people don't realize in the episodes where there is Joel and Ellie bonding time. There's a lot of it. They just that they don't focus on it because it's not what's happening in the episode. There's there's a lot more than people think. I was going to say that there's a whole other section to the episode we haven't even mentioned, which is what everyone thinks of Jackson and what happens there. I liked it. I do like Jackson. <laughs> I had a, I'm glad cool. that they introduced Jackson in this game rather than having it take place at some fucking water plant. I think it was a bold, <laughs> smart choice. I think it established more of Tommy's character, like as a person in this world, as this leader figure in this community. Uh, I think it... Uh, helped set up a lot of the work. It did a lot of work for setting things up for season two when we get there. Uh, and wow. I think spending more time in Jackson here than the amount of time you spend with the same characters in the game helps flesh out those characters and the roles they play here and then also in season two. So I think it's just, it does a lot of groundwork that's really well done. And also, whew, Pedro Pascal is such a good actor. I mean, oh my God, he's too weak. <laughs> He'll fail. He'll get her killed. I mean, he just sells it so well. He's perfect. Yeah, yeah. that was a great acting showcase. And, and, and you can see that him. That fight was really good. Yeah, you I mean, can uh, see him really believe this opinion and really well, push his opinion after he sees Tommy and see how much Tommy has changed and see how much Tommy has become grown into this leader role and how confident he is that Tommy is the person that she should go with because he, he looks at himself so horribly. Yeah. I would say... Better that this is another one of the major flaws that at least just for me things that didn't work is joel's again the acting was on point but when joel was pleading to tommy to be like please take her i'm not good enough i suck i'm weak i'll fail i was like yeah honestly yes tommy please take ellie because the way they make joel in this game or not in the game rather in the show compared to the game he just feels a lot 
less competent. And we're told continuously he's the survivor. He was ruthless. He was brutal. He's hardened. But that was how he's able to get through. And he was able to bring Tommy through and test through and all this. But there are so many times in the past few episodes where he just kind of sucks. Like he... He's a bit older in this one, though. Well, they also did that. They, like, made him older. They continuously will have him failing to, like, stay up. Like, he keeps falling asleep when he's supposed to be watching. He keeps rolling over onto his bad ear when he's asleep. And then they get caught by Henry and Sam. They get snuck up on. Just an old man, bro. (laughs) In episode four, in the ambush, he's, like, getting taken down by this, the teenager that Ellie has to come up and shoot. Otherwise, he would have died if Ellie wasn't there. Like all these things keep happening where yeah. Joel legitimately is failing and is awful at this. And we're supposed to be like the relationship is meant to be like, okay, Joel is taking on the protective father figure role and he's a very hardened, ruthless survivor. And part of him being with Ellie is meant, meant to be that he's going to soften and open up more. And his like reason for doing all these things will shift to be a little bit better, right? He'll be doing it for love instead of just like pure survival and self-preservation. But the way that it's been carried forth in the previous episodes, mm-hmm. he doesn't seem all that good at being the protector role. And again, like what Bill was saying, like we're put on this earth to protect and make sure other people survive. He's bad at it. And so when he's doing this plea, I am agreeing with Joel that he's not the best one to get Ellie to this place. So I think. I don't necessarily I still- think that's a bad thing. I mean, I would say the point of these Naughty Dog games is that you are forced to carry out these characters' stories regardless of how you feel or not. I mean, there's so many people who would argue that Joel's decision at the end of the game or at the end of the show is obviously the wrong call. Like, I think there are many people who would make that argument. And obviously, the whole point of the story is that he makes that choice and they make you make that choice because that's what the story is supposed to do. And so I think it's okay that you can watch that scene and say, yeah. Tommy, you should take her. That seems fairly obvious. It's not necessarily my point of like the most logical thing. It's also the way that Joel is just like his fundamental purpose, like what he's being told is his purpose, but then also his role, his function in the game was to, yes, be like this intensely violent protector that does all these horrible things, but he is successful at being able to protect Ellie. Like he's the one that's able to do that. Whereas in the show... They, I guess, I don't know, because they wanted to humanize him more, or I don't know what it was, but they make him much less. He was also having like panic attacks this episode or the previous episode or whatever it was. Like they just I mean, make him less effective at doing this in an effort to, I don't know, again, make us empathize with him more, sympathize with him more. But it's just game though. Me less because I'm less bought into the fact that he can like actually protect Ellie and it would be the best thing for him to go and do this thing. So yeah, in know, the game, the departure from his character that I didn't truly like. In the game, Joel is like fucking cracked, bro. Like he's the he's he's so overpowered in the game. You're killing <laughs> an insane amount of people as this character and just succeeding so effortlessly. It would be kind of hard to replicate that amount of like in a realistic way. Yes. Which will bring well, me to a point, point. <laughs> they bring up in the last episode. Well, there you go. Yes. So if they already we'll do get that. there. That is such a far departure from what we've seen so far. Of this is true. I will. I will agree with you there. And yet, <laughs> I was a little surprised they went that route in the last episode. But yeah. we'll we'll get there. 
So, Other yeah. parts of, of the episode. Uh, what about Jackson, right? Did you at least yeah. like Jackson? Yeah, I thought it was a smart Pinnacle. choice that they were able to introduce that earlier on. I didn't know that was uh, truly compelled throughout the rest of that. I liked Joel and Tommy and them having that argument uh, in that bar. But, yeah, I don't know. Nothing much else happened, really. Yeah, didn't grab me as did much you as other like, Did you like his injury at the end and the departure from the injury in the game? So... I guess it because what was it? it was like the rebar thing like you fell onto the rebar that was pretty brutal yeah. I liked that and I was a little upset that they made it <laughs> but we got awesome. stabbed with a bat well yeah the bat thing was I don't know how exactly that would have worked but the rebar thing would have been very intense I don't know if he actually would have been able would to recover been, yeah well I don't care it would have been awesome <laughs> are you kidding me it's so crazy like something that, like that's to happen in the game like when you're it watching it, in so the game cool. it yeah, looks like a cut like. scene of like oh you messed up your character died start over like that's what it looks like in the game and then they just go with it and you have to pull him off the pole and then carry him for like five minutes it's awesome I was very upset that they didn't go for it in the in the show. I really right. wanted them to stick that landing, literally stick. You can only that get landing. so much realism though, because that that sadly would not be as realistic as what. Fuck it, I don't care. Show. Land on the pole, hey, hey, listen, buddy. <laughs> Land on the pole. You, you know it's not it realistic. All. You know it's not realistic. I'm gonna jump to my criticism about the time jump. Oh my god, because the time jump between him getting stabbed with the bat and him getting up and kicking ass in in the next. In, in episode eight, because I'm he pretty sure if I'm not wrong, it looks like it's just like a week. And he did get stabbed pretty hard with that bat. Whereas in the game, yes, he got impaled with a pole, but they gave him like a month or two to recover off that shit. Like it changed seasons, motherfucker. <laughs> I, I, I I can't yeah, believe yeah. that they would they would minimize the time jump like that and make the argument that like, oh, he got shot up with penicillin twice. A little better. <laughs> Into Bullshit. his wound as well. I don't know if that's yeah. The right. Should we, should we, also, time, should we just talk about episode eight then? Since we're on it, should we, should we time jump really? Because episode seven is kind of just a recap as well. Like it's like a it was not a recap, Riley but, thing. Do you yeah. Have any notable parts of episode seven you want to talk about? Because like I just kind of liked it. I guess. Yeah, like, yeah I like the DLC. It. it was okay. The DLC was a pretty good game. I wasn't yeah. in love with this. <laughs> It, it was needed kind of to long. Do. I like what they added, I guess, but yeah, I like the whole adventure in the mall, like like what they expanded upon. But it's got a lot. Yeah, yeah seven didn't have a, a bunch technically, besides yeah. like Ellie backstory. Yeah, yeah. For episode eight, there are parts of it I enjoyed. I think at the beginning with David's interaction with Ellie, that mm-hmm. whole like thing around the campfire, I thought was really solid. But as the episode progressed, I was very taken aback with the decisions they were making. Um, just he didn't seem as threatening as I thought he'd be. Well, there's that, but he just goes like wild from like three to eleven. Yeah, they really no time. Up a notch, yeah. But they also kind of do that in the game, if we're being honest here, which he's, he's would be a thing I would game, say though. should have been changed a little bit because yeah, it is pretty faithful to the game. But in this one, they I think they do ratchet up even more of him saying all this stuff about you could be my wife and you're a great leader. And yeah, it's crazy that they that explicit in the show. Cause in the game, it's just very implied that that's what he's, he's gunning for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in the yeah, show, but, I'm like really lean into it. And I'm like, Whoa, they Baker was good. Yeah. For the two seconds he was in it before he gets stabbed in the throat. 
pussy. He was in yeah, it for more than that. <laughs> oh my god! But that was that was, that was, that was really he, funny. I'll give that credit. He played I, Joel, and he killed so many people. He gets stabbed with one little knife, and he's dead. <laughs> nah, I'm just that's kidding. That's really how it it's works. Fine. <laughs> he gets stabbed in the neck though with a cleaver. I'm pretty sure that's how that works. I oh, think it was a die. cleaver. You're right. Ah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. He had a cleaver right here across. You're right. Like, it was a cleaver. Down. My man definitely died. Pretty funny. Yeah. I think, I think it was just over the top. Whatever everything David was saying, Honestly, whether or not he like believed what he was saying and like actually Andrew wanted did go a little far. So I did think he would, she would be a great leader. I don't know about that. That was the other thing is in episode seven and in eight, people kept telling Ellie like, "You're such a great leader. You have all these great instincts." She's fourteen, bro. Hold on. Yeah, I'm like, where are these people who have no- seen her for like two seconds getting this idea that she'd be a great? <laughs> I think the federal school about. leader saying that's all right. I mean, he's her teacher. He's seen her around. I think that's fine. David was a little much. I'm like, bro, what are you? Well, yeah. you David just ran into this girl who just shot a exactly, deer. Like, and it's it. a double whammy of it, which I don't know because it's not like Ellie takes on a leadership role. I don't know. Maybe that's seeds being planted for Last of Us Part Three, the video game. But know. yeah, I, don't I mean, know. That, well, here's that back, really. Really quick, back to another point. If they did add another episode to just like extend the story, they could definitely expand upon uh, this stuff more. I did feel like it was kind of. I agree with you. I feel like it was weird, and they added like a lot, and they made it a lot more intense. But I feel like if it was spread out more, it could have been slightly better. I felt like the game made David more mysterious and didn't let you in on him more, which benefited the idea of him going from a three to eleven. Like a lot easier. That's and this fine, one you see yeah. more of him, and it's just kind of like, well, he seems kind of has to. Though. He's preaching, and then you're kind of like, oh, he's leading these people, and he's making rough choices, and I kind of understand. And then I don't know where he just like bitch slaps that one girl for like talking back for a second, and I was like, whoa, that kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, but you also kind of need to for a show. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can, you can keep it mysterious for a game, especially but when like, it doesn't matter as much. They didn't plant on. the seeds early enough in the episode for me to see him going from that. What I'm saying, man, if if we did have another episode to add more to each other episode, or like just to like like expand the story more, we could have had more time with David. They could have just or made at least from the build more in the beginning, more threatening. I also I was looking forward to the revelation of the townspeople finding out that they're eating people, and then they never, they never did. Yeah, they never found out. Weird. Although that yeah. scene with Ellie like completely destroying David with that knife or whatever that was pretty good. It was brutal. Yeah, it was a subtle change, but I didn't really enjoy how they had Ellie walk out, and then that's when Joel like hugs her, it's rather than them being in that like burning place which also where were the townspeople when that thing was burning down no one wanted to come and see what was happening they, they, they kind of like set up that whole town community and then just halfway through the episode they were all, all, the all, camera, to the, all to the side yeah. <laughs> you're right sean my, like, my mistake get him girl from behind the camera <laughs> but yeah and it was weird that so she like did it and then she stumbles out and then that's when joel shows up which by the way it also sort of eliminates like why wouldn't joel have called out to ellie at that point why would he go up and like touch her when clearly she's like messed up i wouldn't even just said oh ellie from a little I mean, further you, away you don't know, but you don't, know, who, well, you don't know who's dead yet you know what i mean like you don't know if she like i mean she's bloody but you don't know like if there's still people left that's hunting them or, or if i mean you never know but even just a little Joel, like, he's also so high off his ass from all that penicillin <laughs> i'm not gonna say he was hot as fuck dylan i'm not even about to say that i was like i i, I can agree Pedro with pascal you. can do whatever he wants because he's one sexy motherfucker okay Okay, how about episode nine, the finale? We see Ashley Johnson 
of course, is Ellie's voice actor. She gets the cold open. Mm-hmm. She's a pregnant woman running from the infected to a house and then gives birth. <laughs> which, by the way, that baby plopped out. Yeah. In no Mid time. Yeah. <laughs> Very quiet, um, baby. You know, difficult fight, but, you know, easy labor. Let me tell you. <laughs> she came right out. <laughs> She I mean, was so distracted by the zombie that's gonna kill her that that baby just whoosh, slipped right Man, out. I'm, I'm done. I did not think she'd be relaxed enough in that moment to just let it fall right out. Actually, Johnson is that cool. Apparently, we've discovered how to make pregnancy less painful. Now you just gotta you just well, also put on a mask and go. You also know how to make a cure. He's coming right out. There you go. Just beat the fuck out of him. It's cool that we have a. At least we know how like the cure was finally like kind of worked or like how Ash. That's Ash true. They did show how she became immune, which is apparently through the umbilical cord. The infection that the mother got as she was bitten passed on to baby Ellie. So that was pretty interesting. We see as well in the episode, Ellie's all distant from the attack with David. Joel's trying to warm her up. But then she finally is brought back to life by seeing the beauty of giraffes. Giraffes. The giraffe it was scene, a real giraffe, which is great. Apparently. Those are real giraffes, but there's so much CGI it. around the giraffe that it kind yeah, of looks fake anyway. <laughs> exactly, it didn't look, it didn't there's look like, like a real giraffe. With the real giraffe, but then behind the scenes, if you looked at the behind the scenes, it's literally a giraffe with blue screen all around it, and I think that did not help because there's just so much feathering around the edge of that giraffe that it just looks kind of fake. And I went, it was. and like Alexa was telling me, like that's a real giraffe. You know, I saw the PTS and I like hadn't seen any of it, and so I was watching and I was like. Are you sure? I was trying hard to, but it was the tongue. The tongue was too good to where I was like, okay, that had to be a real giraffe. But I was, yeah, I was looking hard to be like, is this a real giraffe? Like, it was also the moment where it's eating off the (laughs) tree. And then Ellie like says something, like puts her hand out and the giraffe turns on like a cue. And I was like, I don't know if you could train a giraffe that well. She's just such a good actress. She made us believe (laughs) it was real. The giraffe was great. We also, very important, before that giraffe moment, we had the first little ladder segment. Where oh, I loved it. There, down that Joel. So that was Finally. fantastic. I'm glad that they included that. That was it's about great. time that got included in a Naughty Dog adaptation. <laughs> yeah, and then but, the, but the big point of the episode. <laughs> well, true. Before we get to the hospital thing, the uh, when Joel and Ellie and they have that conversation, and he talks about his scar. Which, by the way, did we ever see the scar? They keep talking about the scar. I don't know if we ever heard. Seen I don't it. think they did. But he apparently oh, well. has a scar. Also. I would remember if we saw Pedro Pascal without a shirt on. <laughs> Okay, believe me. And then the um the deafness from when he tried to kill himself. But then guys, it's a serious moment. <laughs> that joke is a that joke is a late hit. It was a late hit for Sean. My God. <laughs> it was. Del- delayed effect. I was like, wait a minute, what do you say? So yeah, we get that moment where he's talking about him trying to kill himself after Sarah's death. And then Ellie's like, well, I guess time heals all wounds. And then he says, it wasn't time that did it. And looks over at Ellie. And oh, what a moment. That was good. That, that was, was a so good beautiful. one. Very that good. That was a great payoff. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Porter Mate, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Loved it. And then let's get to the then. hospital massacre and how that yeah. played out. So what'd you guys think? Uh, I would say it's a disconnect from what we'd seen so far. I would agree with you, Ryan. I guess I didn't really notice it until you pointed it out. But you're, I did, I did go into it being like I looked at Alexa because we watched it last night together, and I was like, 
You know, I, I really would think it's super cool if Joel killed like as many people in this scene as he does in the game, but that's totally unrealistic because you kill like 30 <laughs> people in the game and there's no way they're going to do that because they haven't done that up until this point. And then I started watching and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> he is just, he is really going at it. And you're, you are correct in saying like we had not seen Joel like this up until this point in the show. He was so, emotionless. He yeah, was emotionless. it was. His face was, it was scary. a disconnect. But. If I were to look at it independent of the rest of the show, awesome. Perfect adaptation. Very well done. I I speaking of disconnect, I just felt disconnected from the episode. I don't know why. I that's the oh. thing. When I when we were when I was thinking about talking about this with you guys, I was like, I know I was underwhelmed from the episode. I just can't explain why. It I like it. it. It didn't impact me as much as it as it does though. And I don't know why though. I, I would... can't explain it i would agree with of, you with the hospital massacre i think parts of it yeah, were well done it was, but it was the massacre, it was massacre. that was a bit underwhelming too which the way they shot <laughs> in they made it more like tragic and more like clearly he had dissociated like joel so there's like a disconnect there that That's he's wrong. having but um, i what happened sean i was gonna say that the scene with the with the main doctor and he's like i can't let you take her pulls out a quick knife bang in the head dead nothing else yeah. i was like what the fuck Man, I that's was it? Very quick. <laughs> Fuck. I was like, that's it? That's all yeah, we're getting? Fuck. Get that's going to make season two a lot more difficult for me, depending on what they do with it. But, you yeah. know, go on, Ryan. I, uh, I still liked the hospital massacre, but I did not like... There's a moment at the end. Um, one of my favorite lines from the original game, because I love the way that they cross-cut with him being uh, confronted by... Uh, what's her name? Marlene. Marlene and the cross cutting between that and her in the car and then like going back and forth. I've always liked that in the game and I'm really glad they like stay true to that in the show. But then the way that he delivers the line, um, you just come after her. Not nearly as good as Troy Baker. And then just bang. No, it was the way they shot it. They also had him stand completely still in the game. They had Joe like walk up and take that shot. It was kind of weird. He had his left arm completely by his side. And then he had the gun. He was like, you just come after and then shot. But it didn't have nearly as much impact of him like yeah, yeah, no. moving up, having that confidence and just like truly executing. So yeah. that was a good line. Up. Still a great line. But yeah, it was not, not as solid of an execution. Because <laughs> that's just such yeah. a good moment video game. I love when he said that you just that's come what I'm saying. The whole, the whole ending was underwhelming. I mean, I like the I like like the last scene too, where they're back at Jackson and they're talking. They stuck the landing again there. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, so. I think so too. And I think they I, did I, more work earlier in the show that made that landing stick harder than the video game did. But building up to it in the episode was not as good as building up to it in the video game. Yes, right. it's like they do a lot with the the themes that they're trying to play within the show more than they do in the game because you don't have to worry about entertaining value of a game. And so that ending of, you know, Ellie's choice being taken away from her and her immunity yeah. becoming useless to her hits harder than, than it yeah, would. Yeah, you can see it. That's game. why she's such a good actress. She's and then she actress. brings up, you know, really Sam. Great. She brings up uh, uh She quotes trust. Batman, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she did. Swear to I me. mean, that's <laughs> what me, Swear to me. That was in the game, too, where she was, yeah, like bringing up those people. But the fact that we were able to have much more... Mm-hmm time with them because i think riley was mentioned i think in the game or was it in the remaster that mentioned no no it's in the original game she gets she doesn't mention until the very end in that scene but then they released dlc afterwards where you get to flesh it out that's why i said that's so cool that was a dlc episode ryan because that whole episode was dlc 
Right. It was a DLC episode, but it was they a just, solid and a great way to set yeah, things yeah, up. Yeah. So, uh, just reflecting on all of it, you know, what do it you, sucks. what do you guys, what do you guys rate it out of five, uh, tendrils? Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. We have to go with that. I changed your mind. Barely. Um, go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. I'm going to say I'll be generous because it is really good. Again, the solid, like the all the themes that are there, all the technical stuff, of course, is fantastic. The acting was great. I do have a, a lot of gripes, though, and I was wondering mm-hmm. how far that would bring it down. But I'll still give it a very solid four tendrils out of five. Sean? Speak, uh, read in my mind, uh, Ryan, it was the same exact thing. I'm a four out of five tendrils just because I can't, give it a perfect score like i want to just because there's some gripes i have so yeah four to five. not to be unoriginal or anything but uh <laughs> i'm also gonna go with a four tendrils out of five now sean you and i have played the game would you say it's better than the game no <laughs> not, not for at all. what for what reason would you say so they can watch the podcast again if they didn't listen to it <laughs> no I, I don't know there's there's I felt more connected to the game, maybe because it's a controller in my hand. I get to play as these characters instead of just watching them on mm-hmm. screen. Maybe if the maybe if the show came out first, it'd be different. I don't know. It, it's something that I'd have to mm-hmm. after we're done here. I have to like reflect upon. But I definitely know I prefer the game still. Yeah, personally. Now, Dylan, very you? briefly, oh, yeah, I definitely prefer the game. I think it has to do with uh, even though you <laughs> can uh, expand so much in a show and like tell so much story in the show, I feel like the brevity at which the game plays at as to the overall like experience on top of just being able to fully immerse yourself in that world is fantastic now very briefly if you were craig mazin and or neo Druckmann, what would you do with season two of the last of us what would be your pitch your your one minute that's pitch? hard that's really right. hard right go now my pitch would be take all the flashbacks that were in part two of the game. Let's dedicate a season to that. Flesh it out. Obviously, you'd have to create a lot more stuff. But the central conflict of season two should be Ellie and Joel's relationship and how that's going to continually be on the rocks as Ellie wants to find out more about what actually happened at the hospital. Joel's going to try and prevent her from knowing that. And at the end of the season, we get the big reveal that Joel did kill all those people and Ellie was not allowed to give herself over to be the cure for humanity. And that's where we leave it. We don't do anything with Abby or anything like that. We save that for later. We build up Joel and Ellie's relationship more because season one didn't do enough. And so I don't think the things that happen would hit as hard if we don't have that solid connection. So give us another season of just building up that connection even more. It'll be so difficult for season three when they adapt the true part of Last of Us Part Two. Sean, go. I don't know, Ryan, what you said, it just sounds too hard to like, unless they could create a whole, like whole new plots and exposition to like throw they in. Have to do that for sure. Um, God, but so does every other whole, show, you know, like, like exactly. a whole season. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. They're smart cookies. I don't know. Raiders attack Jackson and they have to protect that. That could be one of the main like conflicts. But then, of course, character driven well, wise, it would thing. be Joel and Ellie and that lie that's bubbling to the surface every now and then. 
So it'd be well, compelling enough, I think, to... It's, it's to weird them. enough that I just said that, because I actually kind of agree with you, Ryan, just because of how they took the, the direction of the show. we there's They left nothing for us to lead to Abby, so I do think the best route is to start off with a bit more Joel and Ellie. Like, maybe they can end the season leaning more toward, like, the attack on Jackson, or not Jackson, but, like, on Joel and Tommy. Like, maybe it could start leading to that. What you can do is is you can take the flashbacks, make that maybe like the first half, first two thirds. And then like at like show as it's like getting into like Jackson, she can develop a relationship with Dina and with Jesse and like show how that's building. And that then too, maybe like, cause maybe you Jackson characters that maybe near the end, we, we get more of like, like, wait, what's, what's, what's going to happen? We see these like new people there, they're arriving in Jackson and then they, they're looking for Tommy and Joel. And like, that's when like that little um, thing happens with like some of the, um, clickers and then tommy and joel run into them i think actually that'd be really smart they did that i kind of want to see that now but they, they're not doing that so so true dylan, dylan did you have any idea or i like what you said ryan and i'm very much on board except for one thing i would include abby in season two i think the only way to make the last of us two stick in people because the thing that i thought we talked about this in the whole show you could go listen to our last of us two episode the whole reason that people didn't like it is because Playing as Abby in that way is a hard sell. And I feel like if you spend more time developing her character as well as the people around her and like her motivations, you could make that hard sell stick a little more when you get to The Last of Us 2. Would you say, though, would it not feel so disconnected from like Joel and Ellie? Wouldn't it be weird? That not if having you start the season moment? off. Like if you make the season about consequences to actions and you start the season off showing like immediately introducing abby and immediately showing how she's connected to it so that you can see how she will tie in later and then just developing her character as she boils over with stewing hatred towards joel as joel and ellie's relationship breaks down i think you can make that sell really well in season three this sounds like something i said in the in the last one where i said maybe they should move that cut scene of abby what happens with her dad to the beginning of the game <laughs> Mm, Dylan. That's true. the other thing i think they may explore no, i think that. it works in the game i think it works in the game but i oh, but i it's because that's because the cell worked for me in the game that's i true. was sold on it other See, people were not that'd be the thing i would want them to stick to like how they do in the game i don't know how they're actually gonna adapt it to the live action medium but i feel like they'd it's, be compromising what they were trying to do which is we we can't it's too easy. Like they know obviously that it would have been easy to build up some sympathy for Abby. And then we see yeah. what happens with that, but they wanted to make us know her first from the action. She does. It's awful. And like Ellie, we hate her and yeah, we don't want anything point. to do with her. And then they have to try and peel that back, which obviously for most, well, I don't know most, but a very vocal segment of the players were not able to empathize with her after everything, even spending all the time with her in the segment of the game. So it'd be the like smarter choice. It'd be easier to bring Abby in earlier and build mm -hmm. those connections earlier on. So then it's more of mm -hmm. like, oh, we care about her. We care about Ellie. We don't want to see their conflict. But I think for what they were trying to do thematically, they still need to keep it with, we're in Ellie's shoes. We see Abby do this horrible thing. We start off hating her. Let's see if we can change that hate to love or understand. I mean, yeah, because you don't have to play as her now. You have to just watch her. So That's also true. I mean, but I feel like the people who are watching this show will already have so much hatred for Abby anyway because they didn't like The Last of Us 2. I think the whole the goal for adapting that. The Last of Us 2 should be trying to take that lesson that they're trying to instill because it failed for a lot of people because it's a hard sell. Yeah. I think the goal should be trying to adapt it in a way that it will work for people 
and then shock them by how but much it Because if they try to make it as faithful to the game as possible, it's not going to change anything. People are still just going to hate it. Well, the people that You're play the right. game, but keep in mind, there's a whole slew of people that haven't played the game, don't know anything of what's show. happening, no. and they're just watching they the show. they still just hate it. They'll hate it for the same reason. But would they? We'll see. Pedro that would Pascal, be an interesting they will, experiment. They will hate it. Well, you murder Pedro Pascal. Because that's the point. Everyone knows, and again, that's the like, dumbest thing of like, yes, Druckmann, like everyone knew you would hate that moment. That's what you're meant to do. That's the emotion you're supposed to have. But can you, by the end, come to a place where you would want to let go of that vengeance that, yeah, that was the okay but that was the experiment they made with the last of us too and the lesson they learned was no for a lot of people they can't get over it but can they still preserve like most of what fault, that intent though. is flesh out it's certain elements fault. in the it's not their medium fault, but they learned yeah, that, can agree on that doing it in the way that they did it didn't work for the majority of people the majority of people did of people not are... like the story because of that but that right. but they basically play as abby in live action and then they kill joel with abby and then well, we later in the remember, game you have to attack ellie as abby a lot of people gotta, were not dylan, on, on board with that you gotta remember though dylan that wasn't the that wasn't the only slash main reason that people didn't like that game let's we well that's true well yeah there are a lot of bad faith actors i'm not i'm not even acknowledging reason yeah, the, yeah we, the, we don't the, need to acknowledge that yeah the stupid reasons people hated that game that should not affect how they change the story i think that part should stay the same because those are stupid reasons i'm talking about like, controversial. Like you killed Joel. that'll be I'll, controversial going to the show though i don't you know? i don't care i don't care, I don't care it, either. yeah that, that shouldn't merit a change i think it should stay the exact same but what should but, merit a change is them trying to make a character decision to as an experiment to see if they could do this hat trick learning that the that didn't work for the majority of people who were playing this game and then trying to learn from that and changing it to try and make it work not right. necessarily um giving in and making you like fall in love with abby in season two but at the very least introducing her a little bit earlier so that when you get to that moment of her killing joel it's not just a stranger hmm, sounds familiar just saying <laughs> <laughs> okay okay it worked for me that's what i was saying when we when we did this but podcast a few years work. ago as a show it wouldn't work i disagree no, Interesting. No, 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 whatever all right, all right. well that's all the time we have if you'd like to give your thoughts on the show you can email us at the box have a show pod at gmail.com our main title theme for the show sundown by joseph mcdade Special shout out to Sean Tormey. Thank you so much for coming out. We had a lot of fun talking to you yet again. And the next time we talk will be much sooner than the last time we talked. Yeah, let's go. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Appreciate it. If you like the show, please give us five stars, whatever podcast app you're listening to, and be sure to tune in next week. Have a great and rest of your day. Go back and listen to the old episode, Last of Us Part 2, one year later, to hear all our thoughts in that behemoth <laughs> three-hour episode. One year later. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Definitely not. It'll be two years later. That's going to be insane when we do the follow-up to this. It'll well, be 2024. You can put season two two years later. Yeah. And and you True. have to play the game before then. Oh, gosh. I have to do what? Oh, yeah. Ryan has to play. Ryan has to play the original game or part two as well. Oh, just part one because the season two isn't going to be The Last of Us 2, I don't think. But we'll it's, see. If it does, maybe half. Season maybe two half was it, apparently the first half, which I don't think is the right direction to go. Which I don't I, that, I agree. Look about an insane choice that would backfire. If they did season two and it's like Ellie's perspective and then they tried to do it season is. three as Abby's, no, that would is. not work. That's so far what they're doing, I think. Because well, even, be even the picture so people think So now you have to play both games, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Or at least the first half of the first of the second game. Yeah, at the very least that much. Yeah, And then two years later, you can finish the game. Tragic. Can't wait for our 2027 episode of Three Years Ago. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Dylan.